Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? That's the Melchester Odyssey, episode 101. And this week we're looking at the issue of the 11th of September 1982. Bear in mind that I now own all the copies of Roy the Rover Sam up to 1989. Wonderful. So this isn't going to end anytime soon. A wonderful um, use of your hard-earned pod money. Well, exactly, yeah. I'm reinvesting it back into, yeah. the, uh, into the podcast. Yeah, I mean, it's true, really. Right? If we're making content that we monetise off the back of this other content that people have mm. made years before... It's quite nice to feel that, although then again, the money that we pay, especially if you're going on eBay buying comics, that isn't going mm. to Sir John Roy of the Rovers, is it? But whatever. It's not. It's but all within a community, I, though. A community but, of people who love great creativity. <laughs> We're all about creativity. What I'll say is, we'll give a little nudge to Roy of the Rovers and its corporation, because um, there's a book coming out. Soon, which is called "Who Shot Roy Race," oh yeah, and it's it's another Roy the Rovers book because they've done loads of them and they're yeah. all great. Um, and this one, this one, it looks like it might be just a reissue of the Roy the Rovers of the eighties that but, we 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 did the podcast yeah, series of originally. Renamed it, yeah, and they've renamed it. But I think that one's out of print now, and you can only get it secondhand on on Amazon or eBay. And that's coming out soon. It's been the new cover and everything, and it's called "Who Shot Roy Race." Um, it's got about 180 pages, so I reckon it covers that whole year that the original book covered that we started doing. Who's your Roy Race only comes in past the halfway mark. It's like he yeah. gets shot. In the, in the book that we've got, he gets shot about, I would say, maybe 60% in. Or and then the last through, yeah. 40% yeah. kind of covers his rehabilitation. <laughs> and Alf Ramsey appears. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably the best bit if, of the book. If you're... Well, I'm seeing this book your IFS listening to this probably if you're not IFS this week is when Alf Ramsey first appears on the free to wear episode I'm getting I'm getting tangled up I don't need to mm. see all this stuff but the book's coming but out Alf Ramsey I would say is one of my favourite things in yes. the Roy of the Rovers Odyssey yes definitely and we do need to get around to doing his book at some point as well yeah I do have it yeah right okay onwards so 11th September 1982 weirdly on the front cover it's a picture from the World Cup. Do you want, can you see that, Sam? No. Uh, let me I'm just showing down. you. I didn't, I didn't actually send it to you, but I'm showing you oh. it now oh. on the video phone. Over oh, yeah. here. The 82 World Cup. Is that Northern Ireland versus France that I can see? Yes. It's Northern Ireland versus someone. Is that Norman Whiteside? It is Maldonaghy. Okay. He is, Gerard, tw- he is tweaking Gerard, the nipple of the Frenchman. He is. Yeah. That, was a, that, that wasn't even a booking in those days. And, and Maldonaghy. And this is the middle of September. Now, the World Cup finished early July, didn't it? 
So two months later, and they're still dining out on the World Cup. Probably because there was less football then. There was less football then, right? Like now, even a while, we talked loads. Everyone talks about how special the FA Cup was and how it isn't special anymore. But even the World Cup, I think, Mm -hmm. I do think that I, I, the part of me thinks, oh, the only reason that those old World Cups seem more special is because they were my childhood, right? Yeah. But. To me, the post-98 World Cup seem there's something less special about them in my yeah. mind, right? And it's no coincidence that that's also the post-sort of mid-90s FA Cups seem less special. Now, that yeah. could be just because we're old, but it I is. don't think... No, 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 no. <laughs> I think that the kids don't get as into it as we did. Yeah. Because they're inundated with football. So what I'm saying is, when we got round to the World Cup in, say, in my case, 86 would have been the, a very big coming-of-age World Cup for me. These players, I hadn't seen them. I didn't fucking know. I mean, I'd sort of heard maybe of, like, Juventus, Real Madrid, Barcelona, right? I had mm. no knowledge of what was going on in the Spanish or Italian leagues or any other leagues, right? Yeah. I had no idea. I'd sort of heard names like... I'd heard of Maradona and Platini. I'd heard of people like Zico and Socrates. Suddenly, there's this array of fucking players and you'd never seen them before. So, out of nowhere, bam! Look at this. Yeah. It's a fucking kaleidoscope of footballing fucking genius, right? Suddenly, yeah, like, they're all glamorous and, and you're like, Denmark, skillful. when I was 11... I mean, I didn't go to a very good school, but I don't think I'd even heard of Denmark. I didn't even know what Den- what is Denmark. It's a place. Well, fucking great. And now they've got a football team. And fucking Laudrup is like, becomes like my favourite player in the tournament, you know. And yeah. it's, and um, I just think now it's like, yeah, like, you know, in the, in the era of the football hipster, straight away, you've got 11-year-old kids who play FIFA and are wandering around talking casually about the fucking Bundesliga second division. They know every yeah. fucker playing in it, right? Yeah. We didn't. We were like, wow, what's this? The World Cup's the most extraordinary thing. Now, the closest we've got to the World Cup is Earth Tournament because at least Earth Tournament carries with it some mystery. Mm. And I, I, I do think that World Cup, I think, so going back to your point, in September, there'd been a World Cup that year. People were still like obsessing over what happened. Now, the World Cup happens. You have the final on a Sunday. Next day, people are like, right. What's happening in the next Premier League season? When's the Premier League starting? Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those clubs like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich and all that, you only saw them in European Cup and European Cup Winners' Cup yeah. on midweek sports special or sports night. Yeah, and, and when I and first got really footage. into football, it was around the time... we I was 10 when Heysel happened and the subsequent ban. Yeah. And I'd been into football before that, but the point at which I got super, like, you know, when you ju- you go from fan to, like, fanatic, yeah. was probably just as the ban kicked in. And in- British clubs didn't get back into... English clubs didn't get back into Europe until 91, by which time I was 16. So that's quite yeah. a big gap. From 10 to 16, those were my big formative football fan years, you know. And I mm. started going to West Ham a lot. And European football was a complete fucking mystery to me until 91. Yeah. Didn't know, didn't know any of the club. I mean, I knew about yeah. Italian football from my family, but didn't know the hierarchies or any of that shit. No one did. True. So the World True. Cups in 86 and 1990 seemed extra special because you were like, who are these exotic cunts? Look yeah. at them all doing fucking back heels and overhead kicks. You don't get this in the foot in the first division. Do you know what I mean? It's true. Even the way they played football. Now we see it. sexy football all the time. 
You see sexy and look we, on every week. Well, and all we've got is Gary Stevens repeatedly passing it back to Peter Shelton. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like foreign this? football, foreign football, fucking hell. I've seen Jan Mulby, that fat cunt who plays for Liverpool, who's good at passing. That's it, basically. That's all I know about foreign footballers. I didn't know there was a guy in Argentina who could run round everyone on the whole pitch and score a goal. I didn't. I've never seen that done. <laughs> so, Roy the Rovers. Um. Yeah, here we are. Uh, it says Melchester Rovers were back where they belonged in the first division. But their start of the new season was marred by injury problems and Roy was forced to leave out three of his best players for the visit of Holverton. Yeah, they all got like injured Holverton playing cricket. Strip. <laughs> Sorry, like, what? Don't worry about like, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it got out of hand. Don't worry. Um, I like Holverton strip. It reminds me of the old Liverpool away strip, the white one, all white. Really nice With a kit. red V-neck. I thought the same it's thing, nice, yeah. Plain white, but with a red trim. Yeah. Uh, so there what we are. What colour is uh, the trim? <laughs> me and uh, Len have got. See. Me and Len have got into basketball recently, right? We've decided, right? We're gonna. We've been playing it in the back garden. So then we thought, let's start fucking watching it. And then we got a um, video game, right? Like NBA Live or whatever it's called. Uh, fucking hell! So it's made by the same people, I think. EA Sports who make FIFA. It is in terms of like, it just it makes FIFA is obviously a very kind of glamorous way of portraying football, right? Yeah. And it's a sexy sort of overblown game, yeah? But I can tell you right now, when you play the fucking basketball game, it makes FIFA look like you're playing Manic Miner in 1984 <laughs> on your mate's fucking ZX Spectrum, Really? Mate. I want to it's get this then. It's fucking mad. It's madness, right? But the, the level of... Like, what Len loves, and I think kids in particular love, I don't, because I'm too mature. <clears throat> I love it, right? Is the, um, you get, to, anything where you get to design your own thing. So you create oh, your right. own players and all yeah. of that, right? And unlike in FIFA, where you can create your own players, but you can't create your own club in FIFA, but you can on this game, and you can create your own um, basketball franchise, and you can mm. go into such immense detail. That's what made me think of it is when we talked about trim. Like, in, in the kit and stuff like that, the, the level of detail that you make make decisions on is overwhelming. I mean, in the end, I'm just like, fuck it, I don't fucking know what colour I want the fucking soles of his shoes to be. <laughs> right? But uh, what's interesting is you, you then design your whole stadium, right? Arena. Right. Which mm. would obviously be harder with a football club because it's bigger. But you fucking get to design the layout of the seating, everything, right? And really? here's the thing that I thought, well, this just fucking sums it up where capitalism's at. You get to choose. There's a there's a judge's table mm. where they all sit at the side of the pitch watching, I mm. think. I don't know who the cunts are, but a load of people sit like in the X Factor at the side on a table. It's the fellow who runs the clock, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's it's a the fellow who's got the stopwatch. So it's quite a long table, and the table has, has a digital display on it. And yeah. the digital display has ads that refresh every, like, 10 seconds or something, right? So it'll just be brand... You get to choose what brands go on there. Fucking hell. So they're a kid. So I'm like, Len is sitting there, and he's, he's like, you've chosen your player, and you get to choose what his strengths and weaknesses are. And that's great, because mm. that's to do with the sport, right? But then you're at the stage where you're like, now, do I want it to be Tissot, or do I want it to be Dre Beats? <laughs> or Gatorade. 
Yeah, and kids are talking about like, well, what I went for was I went for BMW, Pringles. Wow. Right. <laughs> and Dre Beats. But that but I put them in that order. Yeah? Because you don't want Dre Beats first, because that's like the best one. Like that was like wow. fucking hell. They've won. They've won. Yeah. They've won. It's this over. is the end of Planet of the Apes, basically, where Charlton Heston wow. sees the Statue of Liberty. Well, yeah. I mean this is what we'd said about the Super League. This has happened. This was an, always inevitable, but we just got lazy and we assumed that it wouldn't happen. And yeah, then because you have a belief in the Corinthian spirit. You do. You, you do. You've got a belief in what's right and what's true. But no, but that, capitalism that, that does not win. believe in what's right and what's true. Yeah. And here we are. Anyway, back to 1982. That's that nice trim. A happy time. And kit. And um, Roy is riding a challenge there from a Holverton player. Uh, and the Lampards, of course, the Greek chorus and all of this in the crowd are describing what's going on. Uh, Holverton have packed their defence, but Roy's got them in all sorts of trouble. And a Holverton player says, knock it back to the keeper. Um, as a Holverton defender responded desperately, and he does, he tries to knock it back to the keeper, which you could do in them days, back pass and all that. Keeper could pick it up, but he's hit it short. Oh, no! <laughs> and the crowd Kenny Logan read it if he can reach the ball first but he doesn't he doesn't make it the keeper comes out keeper's got a nice Shilton-esque perm there and a yeah. great big number one on the back yeah. of his jersey no no um, name or anything like that no just name let alone sponsor one green to shirt a green shirt with a number one and it's even a classic number one without yeah. the little you can do a number a one with a, li- with a little, what would you call that? A little hat and a little yeah, put. A right? peaked cap. But yeah. that, fuck that. This one is a good old-fashioned English number one. It's, it's a just a straight one. line. <laughs> For all these foreigners came in and started fucking around with our numbers. And when I do a seven, I don't give it a little badge across the middle either. Fuck That's that. A, what the fuck do you need that for? Two little arms on a seven. A little f- a, a flourish. You don't need to have a flourish. A seven's a seven. Always has been. Always fucking will be. Round my way anyway. <laughs> uh, so the keeper clears it. Uh, Lampard's. Oh, just a fraction too late. Keep trying, Kenny. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> yeah, that's you exactly the sort there. of thing you say from a crowd, isn't it? <laughs> what? <laughs> Keep your chin up. Your persistence will surely be rewarded, Kenny. <laughs> Life re- rewards triers. <laughs> God loves a trier. So uh, he's having a bit of a breakdown here, old Kenny Logan, isn't he? Yeah, Kenny's got his head down. Roy's having a look at him, and Roy's thinking nothing will come right. Uh, <laughs> he would have reached that ball if he was in anything like his usual form. I Roy's blame myself. When he first got in a run in the side, it was because I was in my coma. Now I'm back. Is <laughs> I fucking bedazzled the cunt. I've seen it happen to over. bigger men than him. Yeah, I'm an intimidating presence. Right. That's my curse. Roy's got a right downer on his team here, hasn't he? First game yeah. back in the first division. He's like, oh, he pities, fuck no, this. he pities all of them. I've always thought that mm. he looks. Yeah, he sort of pities all the other players because mm. he's like. Pfft, is it a bit like if you watch the last dance with Michael Jordan? I always think that Michael Jordan was kind of, especially when you see him in training with the others, he's sort of disdainful of all of his teammates. He's kind of like, mm. yeah, 
let's be honest, you're sort of here to make up the numbers. Obviously, yeah, none yeah. of you have the talent I have, but it's not the talent that was given to me by God. It's the sheer level of professionalism and application yeah. that I bring. And you lot are nowhere fucking near. <laughs> it is. It, it, I mean, the thing is, yeah. everyone loved that last dance, but I don't think enough people commented on the fact that despite the fact that Michael Jordan was an executive producer and therefore got to sign it all off, I, I, yeah. I would imagine, he still comes across as a little bit of a cunt. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not here to hate on Michael Jordan, legend, and I came away from it from fucking Michael Jordan. I fucking love Michael Jordan. But there's mm. no getting away from the fact he was a bit of a bully and mm. he was quite disdainful of everyone else, like, in the Chicago Bulls. it Like, the owner, the coach, yeah. and all of his teammates, they were basically there by the grace of Jordan. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, he kind of, he kind of saw that in himself, though, I think. He talked about it a bit in it, and he, he mm. kind of... The fact that he was executive producer, it wasn't a puff piece about yeah. him. You know, it did, it did show all that water and all stuff. But it was, yeah, it was brilliant. I think, it, but, yeah, look, the reason I'm not saying, although I've called him a bit of a cunt, I mean that in not a, as nastily as it sounds, because I think yeah, if, yeah. You are, if you are like him, it's hard not to be a bit like that. I mean, we love Diego Maradona. Diego Maradona is probably the most loved person on Top Flight Time Machine. And yet, he was probably a bit of a cunt. In fact, if you watch the Maradona film, you can see him being a bit of a cunt in various different ways. And I think it's... I think if you're born with that... If you're born a genius, mm. you're going to have to be a bit of a cunt with it at times. And it's a combination of things like that. It's that drive that gets you to where you are in the first place. Plus, it's the thing where you you never get told no by anybody. So Plus, that I think, your I think that's true. And I, but I, I also think that it's fucking confusing to your brain. And uh, mm. I think some of it you might feel guilty about. Because a lot of this shit, to people like them who are like way above even the very best of the best, are uh, you must think to yourself, hang on a minute, I can just do this. I mean, I see other people training really hard to be half as good as I am, but I've just always been able to do this. So, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I think, I, I, I actually think it must be a bit lonely for those people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, seriously, I know it sounds like a cliche, but you must think, I'm fucking, I'm like a freak. No one else is like me. Yeah, I yeah. have to have conversations yeah. in which I pretend to understand the way other people see the world. But I don't see the world anything like them because the world has unfolded before me in a way that's completely alien to the average person. It's kind of like how I feel that the, um, the those guys on uh, My Old Man's a Porno must feel with the rest of the podcast community. community. I want yeah. to turn up to the podcasting conferences and do a panel. Uh, yeah. We're going to discuss the secret behind successful podcasting. And they go, well, we have to pretend that we can relate to the other podcasters, but of course we can't because we are geniuses. Because <laughs> we thought about our folks doing a pornography <laughs> film and talking about that, and they didn't. Look, man, we're 18 minutes into this. We need to get on with it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, right, Rory's getting so, yeah. stuck into those cunts and I've never even heard an episode it might be fucking hilarious for all I know I've only had about 10 minutes of one of them um, Jalapeño Jalapeño so yeah um, and then it says as if aware that he should have scored Logan stepped up his work rate 
And he's running with the ball there. Nice tackle! Now use the ball, Kenny! Someone shouts, Vic Guthrie's free on your left! And he tries to pass it to Vic Guthrie. Oh. He slips, skids along the turf, and it goes uh, to uh, a Holverton player. Good grief! He shoved it straight to their number six! Yeah. And fuck me, look at this. The Holverton midfielder unleashed one of those hit-or-miss efforts. Whoa! Back of the net! Look at that. Fucking hell. What a shot. It's in. That's a great goal. What? what? <laughs> oh, man. It's got to be a really, really, really good goal for you to take your hat off to the opposition like that from well, the crowd. I've done that before it does in front of my son, too. and he goes mental at me. I'll bet. Yeah. And I yeah. think I do it as a... I'm less like doing a stadium. I think I do it as a defence mechanism. Because yeah. I don't know about you, but if West Ham lose or have a goal score against them, I find it much better. Easy, I find it easier to deal with if I feel like the opposition have, have been much better than us. Yeah. And I have you go, ever applauded an opposition goal? I've not applauded, but I have <laughs> been known, especially in this last year, like <clears throat> if, like someone will score against them, and I'll just go like this. Fuck, that's a good goal. That is a good yeah. goal. And Len, who's too young to understand, he's like, <laughs> what? What are you on about? Why are you saying that? Ah! He's right. Like, he's just fucking he turns his fucking world upside down. And yeah. I have to apologise to right. him. But it's a different atmosphere as well, isn't it? Because you, you wouldn't say that in the stadium, perhaps. You're more no. inclined to say it when you're sat in the sofa. In the London or... Stadium, yeah. the elders would he become enraged. Drag him out. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's back of the net, yeah. Uh, that's a great goal. No keeper in the world could have got anywhere near it. Let alone Walter Shaky Williams, who's in for Charlie Carter. Uh, at half time, we see the commentator there watching on his monitor and he's saying, uh, The Manchester fans were obviously hoping for a glut of goals to celebrate Rovers' return to the First Division, but it's mighty Manchester who find themselves trailing to a team who have spent most of their time in their own half. There you go. And uh, meanwhile, in the changing room, um, Roy has a quick word with Kenny Logan. He says, you've had plenty of chances, Kenny, but it's unlike you to miss the lot. If you've got <laughs> Great some... <pet> talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've had lots of chances and you've got 0% honest, success no, rate. There is no night. I can't sugarcoat this. You have missed every chance you have had, which would be all right if you hadn't had many chances, but you've had fucking loads. It's fair to say this is one of the worst displays I have ever seen. By Kenny. anybody, at any level of any sport. I've been a coach for a long time, and ordinarily, I know, everyone goes through a bad patch and a dry spell. And uh, I could, uh, and I, you know, part of me just thinks, you know, you can get over it. But I've got to tell you, I've looked at you closely in this game, and I think you have become irreparably shit at football. I've never seen it happen before, <laughs> but it's happened to you. You are shit at football now, probably forever. So... <laughs> Best you hear it from me. I almost can't believe what I'm seeing. It's, it's fascinating, if anything. Uh. <laughs> um, so uh, Kenny Long goes, I, 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 no, it's okay, really. Nothing that need concern you. Fucking hell, fucking puberty or something. And um, Roy thinks, wrong lad, your loss of form concerns the whole team and my future income. <laughs> He doesn't say that, but he's thinking it. You can see he's thinking it. Yeah. My job's on the line here, cunt. 
I fucking um, put. I, I know when I negotiated my new contract <laughs> with myself, I put in a fucking bonus a bonus payment clause based on performance <laughs> on the pitch, and it's fucking big one and all. And you are jeopardising it right from the get go here. <laughs> and when Rovers came out for the second half, there's the fans there. Uh, Roy has left Kenny Logan in the dressing room and brought on Trevor Cassidy. But why? Young Logan was doing his best. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. Proper fans would be like, get that cunt off. Fucking hell. Aye, he's one of the few players who look like scoring. Nope, he's off. Um, as Holverton pushed forward in search of a second goal. Good bit of fucking strong tackling there from Vic Guthrie. Oh, what a tackle! And the Holverton player goes, ah! Which is what players do now. They all scream, don't they? That's the yeah. new thing that we've, we've uh, oh, learned. Oh, yeah, since we've been watching the crowds lockdown, in. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, that's for another time. Vic Guthrie is showing what he thinks of Rover's performance so far. And the ref's given a free kick just outside the area. Guthrie's head spins and he goes, what? Uh, the tackle had been tough, but fair. And Rover's super brat knew it. Um, and there's Blatty Gray trying to calm Guthrie down. Guthrie's gone, he must be joking. Where are these refs going to forget my reputation? He's like a proto-Vinnie Jones, isn't he? Really? Yeah. Got that reputation and also is a Londoner who plays for Wales. Um, Blackie says, Vic, wrap up and watch your position. No, Baxter. We're trying to sort out the wall. But too late. The Melchester wall was all over the place as the kick was taken. There's a gap in the wall where Vic should have been. Um, just a slight gap. Would Holverton have found it? And it blasts past poor Walter Williams. It's in the back of the net. Uh, Rover's young keeper was utterly unsighted and 2-0 to Holverton. What a shambles. <laughs> if the Rovers keep this up, we'll be watching second division football again next season. <laughs> <laughs> Why should we endure that all over again? Fucking oh, crybabies. So there we are. That's that one. A lot of football action in this one. So we've skimmed mm. through it quite quickly. Not a lot of backstory. Um, and it says uh, three more goals in next week's all action episode so I mean fucking Melchester are two down it's going to have to be a typical do you think that uh, they say that it's it's interesting that they mention goals do you think that when they did their market research the kids who they spoke to said well we like it when there's lots of goals and so then they felt duty bound to have lots of goals probably probably I mean kind of when we um when we were kids and we'd, we'd play football matches in the park, it would end something like 17-14, wouldn't it? So yeah. goals, are what, goals are what we're in it for. We're not in it for, um, you know, um, interesting defensive displays, tactical nuances, all that sort of stuff. How many marks out of 10 are you going to give that one? Uh, I'm going to give it like a seven. Okay, yeah, probably the same, yeah. We've got like, the call no of the offense, week. No offence to Roy and the lads, but I just mm. felt there wasn't enough off-field drama other than him yeah. basically eviscerating uh, poor old, what's his name? I think, yeah, I think what they've done is 
because the cricket thing's gone over so long, they're having to just give the um, loads of football. The readers just mainline them. I think some they're still football action. I think that they they basically had such a powerful year or so with the who shot Roy Race thing that now they it's like they're struggling to know where to go and well, they're yeah. like, well, we've done a bit of. We'll do cricket. Well, that failed. Maybe we should just go full football now. And I've been in situations like that where you're trying, you're second guessing what people want and you keep changing direction. And that always ultimately ends in failure. It's almost like the who shot Roy thing was a watershed thing. And then you're kind of like chasing that hit. You're chasing that hit again. And then obviously without giving away spoilers, we end up with Basran terrorist attacks five years down the line. Well, and also like, you know, like when... um, Fleetwood Mac made rumours, right? And that yeah. was like their really big, massive hit, right? <laughs> yeah. And everyone owned it. And then I think they, they disappeared for a few years and they came back with that album Tusk, which you're probably going to yeah. tell me, well, actually, I really like Tusk. I mean, I don't know yeah. it, but I think it was like a bit more conceptual because they didn't know, we, oh, we can't just make another rumours. We have to look as if we've moved on a bit. But mm. uh, what are we going to do? And uh, they made Tusk, and it was like a and concept album. Well, that's what you've got to do. You've got to just try and... But the, the thing is, Tusk wasn't really an attempt at Trump rumours. It was sort of like a bit more back to basics sort of mm. thing. Uh, well, let's, yeah. let's not get into that. I'm not saying they're all going to trump it. All right, Terence Trent Darby did the hard line according to Terence Trent Darby. One yeah. of the most perfect records ever made. Yeah, I, I yeah. I've said that right. right. It, it's, uh, it, it, there are a few uh, there are a few records that are like perfect, right? So every fucking song mm-hmm. is nailed on, right? Mm-hmm. But the Hardline according to Terence Chantarby is one of them. And then he's like, "Well, what the fuck am I going to do now?" And he came back yeah. with an album a couple of years later, which I think was called Neither Neither Fish, Fish nor, nor Flesh. Flesh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my missus reckons that's just as good. But I think she's just trying to be clever. Yeah. Because I'm like I this. It's, ah, it's, fucking it's hell. Good. What the fuck's this? Good. I liked it when he did If You Let Me Stay and all them sort of songs. This one's, oh, I can't, no, I'm not having it. Obviously, He's, you can imagine, very impatient about music. Not really, yeah. when I was younger, couldn't be bothered giving things time to mature and settle within my psyche. So then, ah, fuck that. I'm not listening to this. Fuck Terence Chen Darby. Right. He's, um, he's turned it so kind of hippie. Yeah. What's this about? Where's the chin? So, but he reckons that um, he reckons that Michael Jackson conspired to cock block his career because he was scared right, of yeah. him. So okay, well that's a theory. Um, <laughs> call of the week is from Alan Luther of Stopsley, Bedfordshire, and he says, "I'm 13." Good start. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm 13. The hard I'm 13. man's artwork. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm 13. The hard man's artwork isn't my favourite. I didn't like the August the 7th cover. The Mark. It's just a fucking list of bullet points, this. The Marx right. Brothers is improving. Tommy's Troubles and Mighty Mouse are first class, but the recent change in artists spoiled them. Oh. Donald's Palace has been superb since it started. Your magazine is the only one I wait to see each week. It has gone from 7p to 18p, but that makes it more valuable, doesn't it? Oh, you sly fucker. Fucking hell. 
Fuck you put hell. the price up by 11 pence, but that makes it more valuable, doesn't it? Finally, well done on reaching issue 300. You have a long way to go yet. And then Roy's just written, Alan, dot, 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 my thanks. And the dot, dot, dot means that is picture Roy taking a deep breath, trying not to say what he really wants to yeah, say. Yeah. And then he's just settled himself. Does like, remember what that shrink said? Count to fucking ten in your head. Right? <laughs> remember when you had to go to see that shrink as a condition of your fucking bail after that incident in the woods? <laughs> Right, count to ten. The lad's only 13. All right, thank you very much, Alan. I appreciate your feedback. The telling bit here. The telling bit here is he always says at the end, you have won three pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking enjoy it, you pathetic fucking loser. (laughs) Well done. Uh, I went on um, for a magazine once. There was I went to some market research i've done it a few times mm. where you sit behind the one-way mirror right oh yeah i yeah. always end up thinking about basic instinct <laughs> <laughs> oh, i wonder if anyone's gonna be wearing no niggas and your boss always says no sam that's not what this is about it's simply some readers of the magazine who are going to be discussing what they like and don't like right. yeah but you don't do know I get, do you do i get to see anyone fanny no, uh, no, that's. I don't know why you would ask that. Can't I see it in the films in that basic instinct? They've got one of these movies and someone signed off their fanny on it. No, Sam, this is simply a piece of market research. Oh, all right. So we're not going to be researching fanny, said. <laughs> anyway, some geezer, I'd written a thing for a magazine, for later magazine, the first issue, and it was, it was the editor had this idea of if you were. 13 again or maybe 15 again and it was basically Mm. the idea a writer would relive his entire life along the lines of what he did when he was 15 yeah right it was a bit of a convoluted idea and to be honest i was only about fucking 23 so i was not the best person to write it but i did and um we sat there it was yeah exactly that's all i really could remember (laughs) but we we sat there (laughs) In uh, 15 is just a masturbation blur. Yeah, it's, exactly. I can't think of anything else that happened. And, uh, and, uh, but we sat there and the whole like editorial team are there. So all your peers are there. And then, you know, you're all a bit competitive with each other. And they're yeah. going through the mag and they're doing it article by article. And one guy, when this article came up, I remember, I even remember what the guy looked like. He's like, this is the most pathetic attempt at being funny I've ever read. <laughs> I hated it so much that I ended up personally disliking the person who wrote it. And then he turned to the glass, because the clever <laughs> cunt knew we were there, and addressed us directly, right, and went, if you're sat there and you're the person who wrote this article, you should know it is absolutely terrible. It is not funny at all, right? And I was like, I'm quite confident, young man, but that fucking knocked me yeah. for six, mate, because every all of my peers in the room all looked at me, and obviously they all had a right fucking good laugh. But the editor sort of put his arm around me almost like yeah. with pity. He was like, mate, that's I, so things like that go down sometimes in these focus groups, but that's the worst I've ever heard. <laughs> but, but do you think, though, that that fella had gone along to the focus group just so he could do stuff like that? It's like a power play thing, isn't it? It's like, 
You know what I mean? You sign up for that sort of thing. We could do that. I know days off. We could go along to focus groups, knowing that there's there's going to be feedback what about, directly well, I to said people recently, over there. My mate, he turned up to one and took some girl from the office because he thought he'd be able to get off with her if he got a fifteen <laughs> a fifteen quid gig at Cashinan at a fucking, yeah. fucking focus group, and he told her that she should say she worked for Martian Parsons, the estate agent. But when they asked her, she couldn't remember, and she went, "I work for estate agent." They go, "Which one?" And she goes. Frey Bentos. Oh, fuck. I'm looking now to see if I can get into any Northeast focus groups. I don't know if they have them. I'm going to fucking go to one, yeah. Oh, if it's still 15 quid cash in hand, that's not bad. That's good walking around money. If you're not doing anything else that day. Yeah. Yeah, I might see if I can get into that. Come up, Sam. Get yeah, on a train, come up, and we'll go to a focus group together. Well, um, who's that's... this cunt over here? He's talking in a fucking cockney voice. How did he get in? This is a fucking <laughs> northeastern focus group. No one wants your opinions. Perhaps he's perhaps he's moved up here. Perhaps he lives here now. No, it doesn't matter. He's still got a southern brain. He's got no he's right. He's not allowed to talk about northeast issues. Uh, actually, mate, I did drive up here especially for it. Why? Why on earth did you do that? Because, cunt, I do a podcast with that bloke there and we thought it would be a nice thing to do together. You're fucking weird in the head, you are, son. That's fucking mental. And then he tells you, he goes, and as for you, you should know better. <laughs> Your fucking brain needs focus group when you cunt. <laughs> um, that's it from this one. Uh, I like to think we've all learned a little bit. Um... Yeah, that's it. We'll be back with another one next week. Simple uh, as that. God loves a trier. <laughs> Always remain curious. 